All right, Rich Casanova here, live from our Buckhead studio on behalf of the Pro Business Channel. I have my uh, cohort, Michael Moore. Uh, he is, you got some questions already. You got a couple pages of questions. Oh, we, we have questions. We have lots of questions. This talented young man, he's going to take us down some trips and some rabbit holes and into maybe some fairy tales. Absolutely. So that's, uh, Jason Smith with, uh, Ashland Training and Development based right here in Atlanta that he, um, has a couple of ventures he's involved in as well as some nonprofits, uh, military background. So, um, uh, we're going to introduce Jason, uh, coming up in this episode of the Georgia podcast. Welcome to the Georgia Podcast, featuring the who's who and what's new in Georgia. Made possible in part by Global Podcast Studios, offering podcast studio rentals, production and distribution. Visit globalpodcaststudios.com and by our friends at Serendipity Labs, co-working, private offices and more. True inspiration at work. Learn more at serendipitylabs.com. Now join Rich Casanova, broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel Studios in Atlanta and worldwide across the PBC syndicated networks. All right, y'all, as we say here in the South, we got a good one here for you. Rich Casanova alongside Michael Moore on the Pro Business Channel Networks here in our Buckhead podcast uh, studio. Uh, Jason Smith is standing by with uh, a lot of great answers to our amazing questions. So uh, if you're in the area of training development or interested in that space, you want to uh, grab a pen or your digital pen and uh, take some notes, as well as you can check out the website as we're broadcasting. That's just um, aslantraining.com. That's A-S-L-A-N training.com. And you can check them out on LinkedIn. We'll put all that on our show notes. So Jason, welcome to the Georgia podcast. Thanks so much. Happy to be here. Absolutely. Our pleasure. So let's uh, talk a little about your background before we jump into uh, the topics at hand. So you have a quite an expansive uh, sales career beginning with Red Hat Software. Uh, that takes us all back a few years, right? What was <laughs> yeah. their, what was their claim to fame? Oh, well, you know, Red Hat was one of the biggest innovators in the Linux space. And what I really loved about them is that they had a mission, mission to free the world from proprietary software. Oh, wow. And, uh, I came up with them and, uh, learned how to, to do enterprise sales. And that took me to other sales jobs that you'll I'm sure asking me all about. Yeah, and you were also a new business development rep right, right in your hometown of Atlanta, Georgia. Since then, you've driven sales and business development for plans uh, for IBM, Fiserv, um, so big, the big dogs. Yeah, yeah, some, some large companies under my belt. Right, mm-hmm. uh, and that's where you uh, developed strategies and executed consistently yielded. This is really impressive, Michael, we, right? 300%. <laughs> yeah, is that the right. number he says? Let's put some more zeros and some dollar signs along. Yeah. It, gets, it gets to be a greater number. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk off the air if he's available. we got an uh, unpaid internship sales position available, yeah. I, I don't know any unpaid salespeople that you know, keep doing that very long. Right, exactly, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, we're also going to be talking about, about uh, a company you founded in 2016 and some of your nonprofits. So, um, so Michael, you got a question uh, teed up here for Jason to lead things off? Well, I think we're going to start out with this, uh, you know, the concept of selling in general. I know that selling changes over the years, and you've certainly got a sales history, but so why don't you take us down a little walk about what what are we looking for in salespeople these days? What's different? Well, I got to tell you, um, I haven't been in sales as long as some of your listeners, but in my time, I've seen tremendous changes, and the biggest thing is, you know, the proliferation of information as people nowadays you don't need the salesperson to tell you anything about the industry or the product or uh, probably about yourself even. You can Google just about anything. <laughs> and so people are much less apt to want to talk to salespeople. So the biggest shift has been from salespeople being the source of knowledge and truth and the trust that came from that 
And now the the biggest factor is salespeople have to be able to convert the disinterested and attract those who don't want to talk to salespeople. Uh, Convert the disinterested. Now, there's an interesting phase. That's it. Yeah, they're really competing with the Googles of the world, right? And instant access on their digital devices. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, with all the the flood of information that's that's occurring, uh, that oversupply of information is creating a deficit in attention. We're in an, an attention economy today. And what was that again? I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in a deficit of information now, can, can a salesperson really begin to manage? In the old days, you, you just didn't give them the next flyer until they were ready to have the next flyer piece yeah. of information. Now you have no control of that. Yeah. So how Correct. does a salesperson generate enough trust to let that target customer, future customer, understand that they are the best choice? Well, really, there's nothing new under the sun. And believe it or not, the things that work the best today in 2019, all your 21st century selling, is the tried and true process of getting to know people on a personal level, connecting on an emotional level to make sure you can engender genuine and real trust based on being other-centered, actually focusing on their needs before your desire to make a buck. And that's what people used to do. We need to start to do it again. People buy from people. Uh, let's talk about uh, those people who are not familiar with uh, Aslan Training and Development. What's their uh, What's their story in a nutshell? Yes, excellent. So Aslan Training and Development was founded in 1996 okay. uh, by Tab Norris and Tom Stanfield, and starting off as a third party outsourced um, uh, sales company providing okay. you know uh, business development for several clients. They got so good at it. That a few of their clients said, hey, would you show our internal people how to do that? And uh, they took their foundation of other-centered principles and taking care of others and putting your customers' needs first and began to develop the other-centered selling curriculum that we now provide in uh, 30 countries all over the world. And, wow. Um, over 11 different categories of sales in which we've got tailored content to provide. So. Right. Uh, and you've been working with them at least the last year and a half or so, and then you have a, um, a new announcement or a new engagement with them as well, right? Well, correct. I'm continuing to work with them uh, formally as a uh, contractor. Right. Uh, part of their model is they have a, a broad network of um, very powerful sales leaders and trainers okay. um, that are certified as Aslan um, coaches. Okay. And I'm now come on recently as a full-time Aslan consultant. So, oh, wow. Yeah, I'm a, part of the, I'm a part of the team. I've earned my stripes. Nice. We'll insert the applause later, yeah. Yes, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right. And so um, uh, you also wear another hat or another um, entity well, we want to talk about. Um, but but let's, let's before we do that pivot, let's talk a little bit more about Aslan. So mm-hmm. um, I guess what's their unique selling proposition? What what distinguishes them other than, you know, from uh, similar uh, services, I guess? Yeah. Well, the thing is, there's lots of training companies out there, certainly. But uh, one thing we can attest to is that uh, the content that they've developed is, number one, the most uh, unique and focused on making sure that every individual rep on any team and every sales leader can actually increase their performance by focusing on core competencies versus many other sales training processes that focus on activities. Let's go do more things. And you've seen a lot of different methodologies out there over the years, Rich. Spin selling, let me get you as a challenger sale, let's work on solution selling. All of those things pale in comparison between being able to focus on core competencies that every rep can use on every single interaction. And with the content that they've developed, 
being so focused on that narrow interaction between the customer and the rep, you can apply it to every single scenario that an organization will have to deal with, regardless wow. of industry or regardless of role. Everything about it is uh, very applicable, and we can customize that training down to all the specific needs of the organization. You mentioned industries. I, that, I actually was going to ask that question. Is there any uh, categories or business sec- sectors that you know Aslan is kind of you know rock stars in, or tends to kind of um, you know find that that's a better fit? Or uh, obviously, they can cover the whole spectrum. Is there any one that you either focus on or the company wide seems to be in their sweet spot? Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, as a company, we tend to do best. Uh, around organizations that have um, what we call a high rep effect, where the sales team and the performance of each individual rep has a huge impact on the outcome. If you happen to be an iPhone salesperson right. in 2002, <laughs> you know, you didn't really need a lot of sales skills, right? Yeah. right? It was one of those things. Where the but today, things have changed. Low. Things have changed <laughs> quite a bit. So in industries where it's, it's incumbent upon that, that individual to actually uh, convert the disinterested and engender that trust because it's not about just this stellar product. We tend to stand out there. Also, any groups of individuals or any teams that have large numbers of individuals that need to consistently perform. If you have, let's say, a law firm right. you know, with five lawyers out there trying to grow their book of business, uh, highly relational and uh, very much just focused on the, the personal network of each lawyer right. or accountant or whatever. Um, and not necessarily required that you get a consistent sales process around exactly what everybody does and says. It's very much more focused on a different type of selling. So we do work in large sales teams, you know, uh, 100-plus reps uh, in organizations that are looking to uh, grow by acquiring new customers on a regular basis. Okay. Well said, and I think that um, – that encapsulates that, that, uh, that segment, that story. So um, uh, as we mentioned, uh, you're listening to the Georgia Podcast with Rich Casanova alongside Michael Moore. We're having a great conversation with uh, Jason Smith, and he's talking about um, we just wrapped up a segment about Aslan training and development. Now let's uh, switch gears here a little bit. So um, according to your bio, and we fact-checked this, or <laughs> you supplied it to us, so we didn't need to have to do any fact-checking, is uh, you founded um, SIGRI LLC in 2016 as an alternative to traditional strategic consulting for small businesses, uh, again, based here in Atlanta. Uh, you were selected uh, as an affiliate of Aslan Training and Development, delivered their 23-year training curriculum to major enterprises globally for companies like SolarWinds, KVH, uh, American Airlines, and I'm sure many more. So talk to us about that um, that enterprise or that, this venture. Right. And so interesting uh, about the name there, SIGRI yeah. as an acronym. Okay. Uh, it stands for Creativity is the Greatest Rebellion in Existence. And I founded that LLC and named it right. uh, based on a different venture I was starting at the time. Okay. Um, when I left corporate America in 2016, uh, I was asked to, to do what I could with what I have right now. Right. And what that was, I had a lot of enterprise sales experience. Yeah. And being an entrepreneur at that time, I had a lot of people around me that had no idea. Yeah. Had no idea how to sell or how to begin to develop a sales culture for their fledgling businesses. So I began to teach these smaller companies around me and these individuals who some of them were further ahead in their businesses than I was. Right. How to think like an enterprise sales person as an enterprise sales leader and build an entire culture around your organization to help those individual sales reps succeed. So that's where Sigri started, and I built a broad curriculum 
uh, called Sales Synergistics that helped them to you know, make sure sales, marketing, and operation all work together from the foundation up. When I pivoted to work towards enterprise sales companies, uh, once I had enough uh, reputation to call on large organizations, I attracted the attention of Aslan Training and Development. Okay. And again, they're narrowly focused right. on the interaction between the rep and the managers and leaders who support those reps. And I recognized some synergies there, and they thought it would make sense for me to help deliver their content to some of the large enterprises they had. And I felt it would be a good fit as well because I can now, uh, companies like American Airlines, right. work with them and, right, yeah. and, and learn the ropes of working with larger companies. And so from there, I began to work with them as a consultant, and now I'm a full-time uh, consultant with them as uh, one of their actual uh, employees. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, what I like about the company and the name and just the acronym is the the company name itself is its own mission statement, right? It is. And it is an own quote. So, again, that's creativity is the greatest rebellion in existence. It so is. I, that's, I don't know, I, that's kind of unique. You don't see companies that their their brand actually, I mean, most brands will explain a little bit about their service, Pro Business Channel, right? Mm-hmm. But we then follow it, most like most brands, with a tagline. You know, of saying we convert conversations to content, or as we were talking as we were walking down the hall, like what you said, is that we're the world's largest podcast studio network. <laughs> until somebody, I like, that. right? I like that even better. Until some, until someone challenges it, right? I mean, right. Like when you're when you're on vacation as a kid, you always like get get off the freeway, attracted to those you know world famous or whatever, right? right. Um, but that that's a cool brand. The idea of Sigri uh, creativity is the greatest rebellion in existence. I mean, it's. Unique. It's a company. Tells a little bit about what you do. It's your mission statement, but it's also a quote all in one. I mean, kudos. And it, it would even work on a T-shirt. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, dude. Whatever. Yeah. I'm all for it. Yeah. Yeah. If you think about it, it does make sense. I yeah. mean, no matter what's going on in your career, uh, and in the case of our company, it, what's going on with your uh, sales team, the organization, it's not going to be uh, a process of whipping more blood out of the turnip right. in order to make whipping it better. <laughs> yeah, that that's, sounds a little messy. Well, that's, that's, that's what a lot of different organizations yeah, do yeah. With, with whatever they're dealing with, be it operations management right. or uh, sales performance. It's like, let's just squeeze some more, yeah. more water out of the rock. Right. But the way to get better, to, to rebel against the current circumstances, you need to make something. You can complain about it, but you need yeah. to create new processes, build a new culture, develop a new way of doing things. You're going to have to get creative and from that spirit of creativity with a focus on helping your your clients, helping your employees, you're going to find the, the best way to change your current circumstances, the best way to rebel against stagnation right. or a lack of success. Well, so it's it. act versus react. Huh? Act versus react. Go make something. Don't well, complain about it. Go make something. I know you're very proud of, quote, creating things <laughs> and, and, and building ideas. And, uh, of course, you've, you've got the great opportunity to move between the the traditional large corporate sales down to, and as you said, your passion was to help the smaller the smaller guys uh, to develop ideas and thoughts. Because we don't realize it now in the 21st century, we're not as much about training as we were back in the 80s and the 90s, where you expected somebody else to pay for all the training, and then you right. would hire away the cream of the crop, right? Right, right. So now now we're having to now we're having to whip our own cream, sort of. And as a small company, they don't have the time to develop that culture and. There's just so many resources, it's so confusing. So it becomes more important to develop that relationship of trust. And I know that you ex- exhibit that well with Aslan as a as a representative of that company. And of course, that's that's what makes the customers keep coming back, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And if you can develop a culture in your organization uh, of that kind of training and uh, passing on tribal knowledge, so that 
each new person comes in, you can hire people who are at a level five or a level six and take them up to a level eight to 10. If you have a culture that trains internally and we help people learn how to do that. Well, they got to be challenged and they got to grow, right? That's Continue it. to grow. That's it. Now, as a military guy, let's talk a little bit about your, your, your ramp up to get to this point and what you do with your, quote, spare time, <laughs> other, than, other than take care of children, spouse, and other things in, in your life that, that, that take a lot of time. But you're a military academy graduate. Let's talk a little bit about that trip from uh, living in the shadow of the Georgia Dome to the, to the to U.S. Air Force Academy. Yeah, yeah, that was a little something. I was um, actually um, at Douglas High School. I graduated from Frederick Douglass High School with a large focus on – Engineering is what I felt I wanted to start with, and um, I thought I was going to go to Georgia Tech, but my my mother went to Georgia, so I, for some reason all my Georgia That's Tech different. mail and my pre-applications <laughs> never made it to my, my desk. I don't know why. But, uh, the went mailbox to the United, was full, yeah. Exactly. Uh, went to the U.S. Air Force Academy, um, and we'll tell a South story sometime about uh, how I got there. That was an interesting trip. And when I left, um, I wound up being medically discharged from the Air Force well before I, I knew what I wanted to do with my life. I had no idea what I would do now that I was thrust out into the, the corporate world without a plan or a dream of what civilian life would be. So uh, I finally stumbled backwards into a sales role with Home Depot. Um, and when I wound up working for IBM, eventually, I, you know, wow, said we, I got, to, we got the orange shirt on one side, the, yeah, orange, yeah, yeah. The, you know, the orange apron on one side and the blue and the blue. Oxford Sheridan, yeah, you, you made a large yeah, 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 yeah. Well, well, here's where I went down. I started doing business to consumer sales with with uh, with Home Depot, selling windows. And you know, when I was working at IBM, I said I used to sell windows. They're like, oh yeah, Microsoft, <laughs> Microsoft. is great. It's like, no, 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 I'm mean, no, like no, wood not those glass. Ones that wood and cleaned from tools right, uh, to tech. Yeah, that little experience though, working across the kitchen table with mom and dad, helped me to really fall in love with sales. Uh. Uh. Yeah, I mean, it, me being an Eagle Scout and a military serviceman, I was all about service. And I wanted to do something that mattered. And I slowly started to realize that that salesperson sitting across the table from mom and dad is helping them to make decisions about their home, where their babies sleep, you know, their biggest investment. Yeah. So it's a huge service as a salesperson to help people make great decisions on big things that matter to them on their behalf, helping them to get the best thing for them. Well, that's a great segue into our third uh, segment is uh, I'm going to call this Rich Casanova's uh, passion uh, segment here. So we're talking about <laughs> Rich, Rich, let's, let's make a, we'll make a bumper sticker for that, too. Passion and Casanova passion, just yeah, go together I'm like telling you, man. Carrots, Thank so. you, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so speaking of passion, that's what um, I want to pivot to. So some of the nonprofits that you're involved in, some of your passion projects, and how you got involved, a little bit of the backstory, but you know how these groups are um, making things happen and what's their, what's their mission. So let's start off with uh, you also serve as a city leader for Bunker Labs. That's mm-hmm. a national nonprofit supporting veteran entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. So talk to us about Bunker Labs. How did you get involved and what's their end game? Well, it's a natural segue, actually. And I'm in the process of answering that. I'll tell you a bit about the, the other organization as well. Um, having left the military and not knowing what I wanted to do, right. um, I wasn't aware of many of the organizations that were there to help. I didn't have a lot of resources, and so I felt very lost. And so my transition from the military to success in the sales world was very chaotic. I can imagine. Absolutely. And I started to slowly find people who were helping others and were helping me. And once they gave back and spoke into my life, some great people uh, around the Atlanta veteran community. The first one that really stood out was Kevin Horgan. He was over at Vetlanta and introduced me to Lloyd Knight and eventually met Michael Moore and some other people. And eventually 
found uh, Roger Rowley, who was working on Veterans in Transition through a group right. called Four Block. Okay. And there in Four Block, I began to help as a as a, an associate instructor, right. teaching military veterans to polish their, their story and get the jobs they're qualified for. And at the same time that I was thrust into, again, entrepreneurship myself, right. and I was you know working on my own business, other individuals in the network let me know that they were starting a Bunker Labs chapter and my passion for entrepreneurship, my passion for helping veterans, you know, be successful as entrepreneurs, uh, led them to ask me to be one of their founding city leaders wow. for the, the Bunker Labs chapter. And it all fit. You know, I was yeah. there in sales teaching small businesses. It just made sense that I would become uh, one of their city leaders, and it fed into the, the work I'm doing with, with uh, Corporate Atlanta as well. Well, now explain a little bit about the, uh, and we'll take both of them separately, but talk a little bit about Bunker Labs' current um, initiatives here in the city and where they are with some of those so we can let our listeners know that uh, there is a group of veterans supporting veterans, but they also need civilians slash business people to support veterans who are making that transition and just as you did. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you, uh, Bunker Labs is a national 5013C, six years old now. That started in Chicago with a um, founder who was uh, actually in an accelerator uh, similar to Atlanta Tech Village, right? And he began to realize he felt a little outside of his element there and he met some other veteran entrepreneurs there who were starting to have some success and once they got around each other all of them began to be more successful and that turned into bunker labs and uh, the atlanta chapter is focused on creating an environment in which those who have either just an idea or the back of a napkin or they're actually growing a business that's about to be the next google or major enterprise that's going to hire other veterans in the, in the future we're going to equip inspire and and uh, empower them to actually be able to move forward with whatever they want. We're not an accelerator. We're not an incubator, uh, but we're just a resource for veterans to get around people who have common experiences and common interests to get that stability to be successful. So Emphasi- more emphasizing you're a virtual resource that's created out of need here in our city. Absolutely. Now there's another pathway to that, and, and you say, you've mentioned Four Block, which is another entirely different program you're associated with, but it also helps veterans make a transition back to a traditional college degree or an advanced college degree, and that's been going on for a few years with some th- some great successes here in Atlanta amongst the large corporate platforms. Talk absolutely, absolutely. I, I will say that um, the veterans definitely need Four Block, and the world needs Bunker Labs. I think that okay. every major corporation out there started as a startup at some point. Yep. So if you can help startups succeed, you're going to create the next, you know, uh, IBMs of the world that are going to employ thousands of people all over the globe and move the economy along. So we want small businesses to succeed. Veterans have the characteristics to be more successful entrepreneurs. Right. And they make, but they do make great team members in the meanwhile. And they oh, do absolutely. make great organizational. And, man, they can do things that the other people hadn't thought they needed yeah, to do. Yeah, and to that point, the, the bigger challenge that veterans need help with is getting the jobs that will allow them to uh, get into corporate America, to uh, earn a great living for their families. And the biggest challenge is being able to translate their skills from what they did in the military, network in the corporate world, and find a career that suits them. Uh, in a short period of time and be successful. And that's what Four Block does. Well, I guess doing, they're doing a PCS. They're doing a permanent change of station to a new company. Talk about the timelines for uh, veterans coming into Four Block and so forth in the programs. No worries. So the Four Block program is a uh, 12-week curriculum that um, will take a weekly meeting at each of our corporate locations. We have corporate sponsors that support it. Not one dime is paid by a veteran. Don't charge them a thing. And each one of our 
corporate uh, sponsors hosts a class per week. And we'll take them through a curriculum and allow them to network with people in the corporate world, learn to tell their story, and translate their skills. And once they finish, uh, they now have the skills in hand to go and con- pursue their job as necessary. And they've networked with enough corporations to have some solid leads on jobs that should suit them. All right, we got just a few minutes left here, guys. Um, so what I'm hearing the major distinction between four block is more focused on those career positions within corporate America. And then the uh, Bunker Labs is more for uh, entrepreneurs, people that want to venture and create their own um, their own business. Um, and I imagine people probably just Google Bunker Labs or Four Block and find out more information. We'll put maybe the hyperlink directly in the uh, show notes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but sounds like amazing, uh, great two nonprofit organizations that we would extend an invitation to uh, – uh, to be a guest on what we call NPR, which is Nonprofits Radio, not, not that NPR, right? Um, but we're celebrating Giving Tuesday, which you may or may not be familiar with, but it's a, a global movement uh, honoring and telling the stories of nonprofits, and we want to focus on those local community-based as well as national organizations. So um, uh, we'll talk off the air about how we might help orchestrate that and bring some people in, maybe some veterans that have been impacted and help tell their story and uh, the good work that they're doing. So... Uh, Final, uh, like uh, in a minute or less, um, we want to go back here uh, full circle again. Back to talk to us about uh, earlier on, we're talking about Aslan and uh, Sigri. Talk to us about the differences in content uh, from each of those those entities. Well, quite simply, uh, you know, Aslan is very focused on, again, the the reps performance and interacting with their clients. Uh, The content that I provide with Sigri uh, is a concept called sales synergistics and it's using the seller's perspective to help break down the walls between sales marketing and operations so if the c-level leadership can embrace the seller's perspective and make sure that everything in the business is there to help make that seller successful then you've got a growing business and that's the right philosophy for growth for business of any size all right, well said. And on that note, we'll wrap things up again. Uh, enjoy the conversation with Jason Smith with uh, Aslan Training and Development. You can check them out at aslantraining.com. And I uh, look forward to our next episode. Stay tuned for that one. On behalf of the Pro Business Channel, we thank you for listening to the Georgia Podcast, featuring the who's who and what's new in Georgia. Made possible in part by Global Podcast Studios, offering podcast studio rentals, production, and distribution. Visit globalpodcaststudios.com. And by our friends at Serendipity Labs, co-working, private offices, and more. True inspiration at work. Learn more at serendipitylabs.com. Join Rich Casanova for the next Georgia podcast and download on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more.